Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, hey everybody. In our first episode of The Baseball Nomad, I sit down with Taiwanese internet guru, Joe Shu. Now, Joe is the founder of Joe Baseball, and in part one, we discuss him being scouted while playing slow-pitch softball with his father at a park at the age of 10. He tells us about what baseball in Taiwan is like on the youth level and how he wound up being invited to the Boston Red Sox camp as a pitcher at the age of 14, how he struggled mentally on the mound, but how he overcame that to turn himself into a hitter and signing with the Pittsburgh Pirates and playing minor league baseball at 17 in the USA and what sort of transition that was. Joe will also discuss how he would eventually choose to study sports science back in Taiwan and turning himself into one of the region's premier online coaches. We got a great interview, so stick around. Baseball Nomad Podcast. On this podcast, we take a deep dive into the international game of baseball and softball. Every week on the show, we will talk with coaches and players from around the world where we'll discuss preparation, motivation, and building a consistent mental process for those high-leverage, high-stakes situations. If 90% of the game is mental, we need to stop giving everything a physical remedy. Stick around for your host. He's played and coached professionally on five different continents and won 12 different national championships he's the original baseball nomad some call him the hit doctor but heck you can just call him coach ab All right. Hey, guys, welcome to the podcast. This is the Baseball and Softball podcast dedicated to giving you actionable advice and tips to ensure that your elite self is stepping into the batter's boxer on the field. Okay, so today we've got a cool show. Uh, But before we start, I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. It's, you know, it was a few weeks away. Uh, but one of the most mentally tough athletes of our time was on the field. Now, there are many lessons to be learned from Tom Brady about nutrition, self-belief, poise, leadership. But one of the best traits I think he possesses is a strong mental toughness in his game. Now, as athletes, we talk about mechanics. We, we, we think and talk about strength and conditioning. But sometimes we need to focus on the checkup from the neck up. Okay. Uh, especially in this pandemic, you know, how mentally tough are you as an athlete? You know, that's the big question. Uh, now Brady in his book, TB 12, he writes that the right mindset and attitude gives us opportunities to do the best we can and realize the potential that's in every one of us. It all starts with being brutally honest with yourself. One of the first things he said after winning the Super Bowl was that he wanted to work on his speed in the offseason. Okay, if a 43-year-old quarterback can work on his speed deficiencies, what the hell could you be working on? Okay, Anyone around Brady will tell you about how hard he gets after it in practice. 
if you want to go pro and you want to level up, uh, it, it, then you need to start treating practice like the game. Earn the respect of your coaches and your teammates. Be in competition with yourself to grow and learn when no one's watching. Okay? Brady actively works the mental game. To be an elite player, you have to make sure you're giving your brain a workout. If you want to perform at the highest level, you have to prepare at the highest level mentally. Brady asks, does it matter what I eat if my mindset is negative or angry or if you have a poor self-esteem? You are what you think. Now, lastly, use failure to augment your effort. Brady says the amount of effort he puts into a game matters more than outcome. At the end of the day, it's about having a process, trusting the process, and then executing, and then learning and making adjustments you need to make in order to have success happen. Okay? So, hey, that's my remember the Titans moment. All right? All right. So, today, we're going to go ham with my man, Joe Shu. He's one of my guys from Taiwan, Joey Baseball. He, he runs Joe Baseball. Joe, what up, dude? Hey, what's up? What's going on, AB? Thank you for inviting Good to have you, man. So how was your uh, your Lunar New Year? It was good, actually. Uh, we were enjoying with the family, and as usual, uh, lots of karaoke. <laughs> Yeah. What's so your What's your go-to song, karaoke song, Joe? Do you got an English song that you sing in karaoke that's your go-to? Yeah, we did. We did. Beginning of uh, you know, only in Chinese, but, you know, since my wife also just, you know, uh, foreigners, so we, we decided to promote English on that. We crush it. So. What, what do you crush, English song? What do you crush? I want to see that. You got tape on that? What do you crush, English-wise? Uh, yeah, I think we have it, but <laughs> I think it's better. <laughs> <laughs> I had it. Uh, one of my memories, Hotel California. So. Oh, Hotel California. Oh, stealing a page out of my book. We've never karaoke together. We're going to have to get together. Next time I see you, we're going to karaoke, bro. And we're going to see who's got the best rendition of Hotel California. <laughs> hey, so are you guys back? To training and getting ready for the season in Taiwan. How's the pandemic affecting uh, training and stuff like that? I, I know you guys. I know in Taiwan the pro leagues was playing before almost everyone last year. Yeah, well, we uh, we you know lucky that COVID wasn't a factor too much. I mean, I think Taiwan they done a great job on on kind of like control of things. And I know that they limit the audience, like how many audience, how many audience that can get, can get into a film, but in the end they, uh, luckily they, they, you know, they finish all, all the games in the entire season. So that was great. And then uh, post-season training, off-season training, like uh, four-season instructional league, and they also continue doing that. So they can have well prepared uh, last whole year. So right now we already get into the spring training preparing for the season. Oh, cool, cool. I know like last year um, when the uh, pandemic, you know, first hit uh, Taiwan's league, professional league, um, you know, it was, it was almost like a savior for everyone because, you know, you know, you guys were still playing. Am I right? I mean, I think Korea was playing and you guys were playing. So for for true hardcore baseball fans who were missing seeing baseball on the field, it was good to tune into, 
you know, um, uh, Chinese Taipei's games or Korea's games just to see baseball, good baseball. Yeah. So, yeah, I heard that was big get on the on the Times, right? There was Times News. <laughs> that was the first hit of the world. Yeah. Lamico, the guy, he got uh, one lefty. I think we're the same year, but yeah, he got, he got first home run and, and shows like it was first home run the whole year, entire around the world that's pretty cool that's pretty cool hey look joe uh in this episode i'm hoping you can tell our listeners a, a, a lot about you know taiwanese baseball uh but specifically um tell our listeners about your sort of childhood origin story how you fell in love with the game of baseball as a as a child in taiwan um, yeah, thank you for this opportunity to, to uh, introduce and myself and also uh, part of the Taiwan culture and Taiwan baseball. Um, so, you know, I'm from a southern city called Tainan. Uh, not, Tainan is like one of one of these, one of the biggest uh, cities in, Ta- in Taiwan in South Area. But uh, we, so for example, Taiwan, Tainan had a lot of traditional baseball involved. So like pretty much when you go on the road, uh, on the road and uh, on the park during my time, now they have some condition. Yeah. So uh, Tainan is a city that everyone falls in love in a baseball sport. Even though they are retired, they they, they don't like play baseball anymore. You can easily see slow pitch in anywhere in in, in China. Wow. Like park. Yeah, we, 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 when we walk on the street, then there's park and lots of mid-age, uh, uh, you know, including my dad, they, they play slow pitch. And that's how, uh, that's how I start with, I don't start with the actual baseball, but I start slow playing slow pitch, you know, softball. Really? Like that. Wow. Know, softball. Yeah, that's how they do it. That's how they do it, because a lot of them, they used to play baseball. But, you know, since, you know, getting, when you're getting older and you don't play anymore, they still want to play, but they don't want to play that too fast game, you know, because basically if you skew back to a baseball game, then everything can be quicker and you gotta, you know, uh, you know, make sure you are you don't get hurt. Otherwise and if you don't be training for for a while, it, it's kinda of dangerous. Yeah. So they decide to uh, play softball, uh, like slow pitch. Uh, so that's how I started. Uh, and then but I know okay, my dad is you know, he used to play baseball. Uh, since when he was like traveling, then he became a drummer, a <laughs> musician. <laughs> that was that was impressive. Uh, but I think I got a lot of response from my family, and also the city-wise, a lot of people play baseball. I think that's I think that's made one of the main reasons um, that influenced me. And you can when you turn from TV and everything, baseball and professional, and you know, for one day you can stay on there. You know, stand on there and show, maybe you know, have that chance to, to you know, play TV. I think that's a lot of, a lot of, the same as a lot of child uh, in their childhood that have this same trick. So. Wow, so that's pretty good. So you 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 came up playing softball uh, with your dad. That's a pretty cool uh, sort of childhood memory to learn the game from your dad. I, I mean, like a lot of. A lot of us in the U.S. we uh, play little league, and our dads, our moms, are a part of uh, the little league. Like I played for my, the first coach I had was was my dad uh, in organized baseball. He coached me when I think when I was nine to uh, ten, uh, 
hardest hardest coach I've ever played for, by the way. Uh, but yeah, one of the that's probably one of my greatest memories is is being on the field with him and him playing catch. Literally, for me, like uh, I uh, you know we would play in the streets and whatnot around the neighborhood. And uh, before I signed up to play organized baseball, my dad came home from work. He looked at us playing and he said, okay, uh, I'm going to throw you a couple balls. He threw me, fired these balls at me, boom, boom, boom. And I caught him. And he was like, okay, I'm ready to sign you up. At what point did your dad go, okay, hey, listen, softball's great for us old guys, but maybe it's time to get you into baseball, Joey. You know, it was funny. Actually, my dad, at the beginning, wasn't that supportive for, for me to, to get into an organized baseball team. Uh, because he'd been through that. Right. And he knows that once there, uh, he's worried that maybe my uh, academic side, study, doesn't pay too much attention. You know, that probably is not talking about the athletes, but that's why he was worried because he was like, uh, playing all day long and have no time to study. So he's worried that doing the same. So he, he wasn't mentioned that too much, even though I, I really could tell my dad, like, hey, dad, I wanna, maybe I want to play. And then maybe we can find, I can find a team. Like all this stuff. But he knows that I can, he knows I can play until uh, it was the day. It was a day when we, uh, you know, there was a, I remember it was Saturday afternoon. Okay, <laughs> Saturday afternoon, it was good sunshine, and we usually, as usual, we play, uh, you know, slow pitch in, in that park. And uh, it was a group of, you know, grown men, and, and we played and set up our own, like, uh, own game. And there's a, there's, there's a guy, I think he's around a little bit older. <laughs> if, if, he, if he don't walk to you, uh, you won't recognize who he is, like he, because he's just like regular uh, people, like maybe just an old man like trying to exercise. But actually, he's a coach. Uh, he he seen us how I swing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hit I hit ball kind of far, like in that age, like <laughs> ball over I don't know, like two hundred feet. Okay. Uh, uh, when I, I never played baseball that time. I never never swing. I just hit bat and, and I swing, and he saw that. And he woke me, hey, do you want to do a baseball team? <laughs> he, he, he kept me in randomly, this guy. Wow. And, but the, what he do, what he does, uh, I think that changed my life. Because uh, that will be one of the first stores to open that tell me, hey, you have that talent, and maybe I think you can start to choose the baseball. So, so my dad, Recognize that my dad think like okay, you already you already attract some people uh, directly asking you hey, it's doing their baseball team. Uh, that make him to I can kind of convince him to make this decision quicker. So so we transferred school after a few like a few weeks. You know this guy continually talked with us. <laughs> he just he wasn't playing the scene any player. He just walked on the clock and he seen me. He saw me and then oh my god, he, he was he was impressive. I think. Wow. You know, he said about like I was like oh I, when I was ten, age ten. Actually, I'm overweight. I'm like uh, two almost two hundred pounds. Two hundred pounds. Really? When I was ten. 
Yeah. Wow. I was, ten, I was like over the overweight because I was You're a big boy. In his study. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't I wasn't that at like athletes and I don't I don't pay too much attention on, on training and things that uh, especially for age ten. So right. uh, I think basically yeah, that really changed my life. Otherwise I don't know. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. So you got essentially you got scouted playing slow pitch, right? That's that's pretty cool. Uh, I, I think that's a whole nother podcast. Like you know, I'd love to get you know former pro players on and tell the story. We can have a podcast just about that, telling the story how you got scouted. But so this guy scouts you essentially as you're playing slow pitch with your dad, this would lead you to becoming a pitcher and uh, being one of the youngest guys out of the country to uh, go to uh, a big league camp with the Red Sox. Am I right? Yeah, well, that would be, yes. That would go until middle school. So right. uh, I, I, you know, this guy asked me, and there was in elementary school, right? And I started to play since fifth grade, uh, like fifth grade and semester. And then I play one and a half year, and then I go middle school. But in middle school, we uh, like training volume, everything way much higher, right? Right. And it's really serious, like Asian style, Taiwan <laughs> style baseball. Uh, just practice like endless, uh, like five, six hours uh, every day. Um, so I wasn't a pitcher because I was always, you know, use just to show my bats to contribute to my team. <laughs> I wasn't. I was. I wasn't decide to uh, as as a pitcher uh, during that age because one of one. I think one of the key point that because my dad he was always worried that if I'm you know overuse my elbow or overuse my arm because he been through that process. Okay. And then there is another research also so show that if 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 I'm you know position player, you still have potentially become pitcher later. But if you're too early to decide on a pitcher, I think that will be a little bit negative. But anyway, we can just talk about that later. But that's why I wasn't wasn't decided as a pitcher. But the race us and uh, when I was 15, I can throw hard. I don't I don't really throw a lot of strikes. I throw hard as lefty. So late they see. Uh, I don't know. At that time, I can throw, throw like 80, 83, 84. Okay. When I was like 14. 14. Yeah, 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 right. So they seen you in Taiwan and said, hey, kid, come to uh, come to our camp, the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they invited me. And, uh, that was a year when I did graduate. Yeah. And so, you know, as, when the Red Sox invite you to camp at a, such a young age uh, and they say, man, this kid throws hard, were you in your mind when you're going? I'm going to be a pitcher, or did you, you know, just have, you know, you wanted to play, be a position player, but you know, you know, you, you gave pitching a shot. Uh, was it was it once the Red Sox saw you, you were like, hey, I think I'm just going to be a pitcher. Yeah, that time I decided like, if if there's ten thing that potential, even if I love to, you know, love to swing, you know, I love the the, the moment I set the box. Uh, but you know, it was 15, like, who knows? Right. Why not? Uh, you know, maybe he's gonna give a shot, but just try it. And I know end of day doesn't work, but but at least you know, that process, I yeah, I was at that one moment that I, I think I believe that 
okay, let's let's give myself a chance and try, you know, put them on, see what happens. Right. At, at what point did you say, okay, I I do, you know, I, I gave it a shot throwing uh, on the on the on the bump. But you know what? Now I'm gonna. I love. I really love hitting. So you know. I know you end up coming back to Taiwan and then signing with the uh, uh, Pittsburgh Pirate organization as a hitter, as a position player, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was the, like the hardest part of being uh, a perf- uh, a hitter, going from a pitcher to a hitter or a position player in the Pirates organization? So actually, before I got invited to. Boston Red Sox, I wasn't full-time pitcher. I pitched few, but I wasn't, they, they see me because they just see lefty, 15 years old, young, and, and you big. Know, and yeah, and then, um, but hot Thor, Thor is not equal, you are a good pitcher, right? Right. Like, it's, it, when, when you get on, when I get on the moment against all uh, hitters, it's a different story. Then I, I can throw as hard as I can, no limit in the bullpen, right? They can, they can see that. Uh, I just have a hard time during that eight, you know, like maybe include mental side, I cannot handle pressure. Hmm. So it's, it's kind of like that's a, this, uh, kind of a block that, that stopped me. That I can, I don't know, I don't know how was a way to get through it. So I think okay, I decide, okay, let's let's continue my path because there, there was always a part that I'm good at, I'm my advantage uh, as a hitter. So so you didn't have to think, you just hit. Yeah, like for for Boston Red that uh, for invite got invited to Red Sox that part. I feel like it's kind of like it's good to try and and I know I wasn't. Don't mean that yet, but it's good to try. Mm. But I know I spent most of my time it's not on a month, but it's on you know swing and you know hitting. And even though like even in a in a extra training, like when I when I do myself, I always just you know take a lot of swings. I don't do too much pitches and stuff. But I think that that could be one of the reason, mm. you know, because you compare both that accumulate time and, and training volume just way much different. So uh, I think, you know, especially when I, when I get older, uh, it's closer to, to make, I gotta make decision. Cause I'm not like Tani. <laughs> I'm not like I throw a 100 and, <laughs> right. and then, you know, right, right, right. It, it bumps. I got I gotta choose one. So uh, the end of the day I choose that and that's what the Pirates offer you. They think, they think I still have potential of that. And how old were you when you signed with the Pirates? Seventeen. Seventeen. That's pretty cool. So let me ask you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's pretty cool that you know you get the experience of you know going over uh, and and kind of learning about pitching and whatnot. But then you signed with the Pirates at seventeen. What was the hardest thing about playing? You know, uh, in the U.S. Uh, pro ball as opposed to you know playing in Taiwan. You know, if you're um, 17 years old in Taiwan, and the hardest pitch I've probably seen maybe around it was good, like 88. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was hardest 88 to 89. I, I haven't seen too much uh, 90s. But the first pitch when I came there, it was 97. <laughs> and, <laughs> 97, 98, 96. 
left here, like all different kind of pages, just, uh, you know, uh, myself, I think, okay, it's going to take a lot of time that I got to overcome this. Um, so I was shocked. Yeah. It's not like one picture, like Rookie Ball, even though it's Rookie Ball, but everyone for 95. Like, that was impressive. Right, right. All right. Well, so so you you have to go from you know uh, eighty eight eighty nine to some you know supersonic velocity in the U.S. What about culturally? What was uh what was some of the hardest things to deal with off the field or uh, having to do with the culture in the U.S. opposed to uh, uh, playing in Taiwan? For culture, um, yeah, I think not only you know like local like American culture, right? But there's a lot. As you know, it's a different country from uh, 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 like Spanish-speaking mm. uh, countries like like Americas. Like my team, uh, my roommate is from Panama. Okay. Uh, so like uh, it's, I think also learn what different culture that what Latin American players when they try to speak something and when when we try to communicate. Not only, like you said, not on the field, but also off the field, is is way much different than like when I talking with the uh, you know Taiwan Taiwan friends, right? Right. And that's don't do the thing to start to learn not only language but like to understand the, what their habit, what their what their culture is. And but there's a lot of fun. Like uh, I don't I don't think I don't see like a lot of uh, uh, negative. Well, that's that's got to be a challenge. You're a young kid from Taiwan. You come over to the U.S. You're playing pro ball, uh, and you know you're trying to learn the language. Uh, I know a lot of you guys speak uh, English in Taiwan, but all of a sudden you're mixed with people from Latin cultures, from you know the American culture, yeah. and you're trying to put all this together at a young age to just be yourself. It's got to be a bit of a challenge uh, leaving, leaving. I mean, when we sign, you know, when we play pro ball, we just have to worry about playing the game and, you know, getting along with your teammates. You understand everyone um, uh, in college and, and, and whatnot. Whereas I think, you know, international, we don't think about the, the mental tools that you need to be able to, coming from another place, adapt to not only the U.S. culture, but the global culture that's within uh, uh, professional baseball. It's it's incredible that at a young age, you know, you were exposed to, to all those differences. Yeah, yeah, I think, and also, there's a part of challenge is like understanding what uh, what coach is saying. I think uh, that because you know, coach are come from global too, like from Latin coaches, right? And, and, uh, coaches from states, and even even they're all Americans, but they they. Uh, you know, sometimes they're from different states. Different accents, yeah. You know, accent, right? And uh, as young age, I, that time I wasn't uh, listening that much English yet. So it's kind of a hard time for me, especially first year, uh, to to catch up everything. But thanks, like thanks for I have I have the interpreter that help me mm. help us. We have a great uh, time place. Yeah. In the meantime, that we we signed with the Pirates. Oh, that's home cool. And include me. Okay, that's cool. So you you had some homies to hang out with. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, like at least some part of the Chinese culture. 
Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, hey, so, so I, I mean, I, I went through the same thing, man, in the reverse. Like when I went over to Europe, like, you know, I went to the Czech Republic, for example, and no one, this is like way back when, no one spoke English, right? And, I, you know, I didn't have an interpreter and I just had to figure things out. And, you know, it's tough. It's tough, especially when you're young, man. I can't imagine, you know, I, I went over when I was like 23 or 24, but at 17, man, it takes a lot of mental toughness to be able to fail on the field not be able to communicate that and then do it again and you know be uncomfortable constantly that's pretty that's pretty tough right now let me ask you like as you as you came back to taiwan a little bit later uh did you ever think about playing pro ball in taiwan um uh getting back into into uh the league in taiwan after your american experience or your pro ball u.s experience did you think about going anywhere else yeah, actually, uh, I came back to uh, came back from Paris, right? right. I got uh, released, and uh, I decided to start continue continue my my college degree. Right, so basically, I, I start back to start playing our D one and our D one program in uh, National Sport Health University. Mm-hmm. Um, Studying sports science there, and then my goal is to prepare to. Prepare myself to go draft after after I graduate. That was my plan. So I asked you once, okay, that's because you're still young. Like, yeah, I think I still have a chance, right? Uh, I know, you know, you signed seventeen and you got released nineteen. When you got released, it was nineteen. Yeah, right. (laughs) The whole world in front of you still. Yeah, but I think that. Me too. Like I wasn't. I feel like it's kind of like a lifelong, right? The kind of wave that you you pull. Uh, if you have a chance that hey, maybe you got back and you know go work on something, right. you know, get sent back, and and it's to go draft, right? And I always have that mind. Yeah, but no, I, oh, who knows? Right, right. <laughs> who knows? Yeah, uh, but you know, but. In reality, it's a little bit different, right? I just react what what can I what I can do and I prepare as much as I can, you know, put all efforts on, uh, even though like include study and, and baseball side. But when I graduate, right, a lot of uh, decision I have to make not only to play as professional football. At that time, uh, one of the realities on that time. That year, that was 2014. There, there was only four teams. Hmm. We used to have probably one of the most most of things that we, we had is like uh, 12 teams, two leagues and 12 teams. That was most of uh, most of teams that used to be. But and right now, you know, really been a long time that we only have four teams. So you know, and I'm and and especially I'm not major. I'm not like other like. Catcher shows up that we professional guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm like uh, first baseman, lefty, and not with too much speed. It's it's hard for me uh, to show that my value at a quicker time because I got more at bats, right? To show like how I, my contribution right. is. Uh, so in four teams, this every every team have uh, two first basemen. For example, but you only have a spot, a, a spot that you can you can go compete. 
So that's what I see, like, and I, I see myself like, okay, how many years I need to stay in the second team and go up? Uh, am I going to be up and down, up and down? Or maybe there's another chance that for me, I can go, right? Right. So that's what I see. And I'm lucky I wasn't, I, I was, I was going to invite you to training camp with the Union Lions. That was my hometown team, mm-hmm. Union Lions. Uh, I was there like a couple months after I graduated. Spring training and, and, and their full season league. But I decide, okay, not to draft because I've seen all the outlooks, because I know, okay, maybe that's the time that my condition that, okay, that's. Uh, fortunately, I was, I, was, I was always coaching when I was high school, or when I was uh, college, yeah, for freshman until end of, end of college. When I had weekend time, I was coaching. So I know I have that kind of ability that can help. Also help others. Um, yeah, and then I decide let's go uh, have some offers before I go China or or as a coaching. Yeah. Right. So it's continuing. It's continuing my you know, baseball career, right? <laughs> right. So at one point, you know, you you come back, you go to school, and you look at how many roster spots roster spots are available, and you make a business decision. Look, there's only eight spots, and actually, you know. It's going to be tough, right? So, you know, you, 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 you fell in love with coaching while you were still studying. Let me ask you now, how do you, and this is, this is really quite interesting because I think that, you know, I think a lot of players, you know, uh, if they're not uh, great performers, let's say, or they don't execute their knowledge uh, to the play at the highest level, uh, we, we know we can do it. But for whatever reason, you know, our, our skills don't match our our uh, our our process. You know, um, we know what we should be do doing. We know how to do it, but at that time period, that window, we can't get it done. Uh, were you a guy that you know in college when you were thinking about going pro, going back to professional baseball in Taiwan? Were you a guy who thought, man, I Regardless of what happens, I love coaching, and I'm gonna pursue that as I as I continue my journey. Or were you, or, or were you like, you know, what, what what am I gonna do? Oh, I can always coach. No, I think the first one, yeah, I, like I know, I know, I have knowledge, and I always continually, you know, gain my knowledge on that, and I and I enjoy the the moment that in in the coaching. Yeah, of course, I wasn't going like, to decide, okay, I'm going to go coaching, coach, but I love to coach this stuff. Coaching can be not only baseball, right? Right. It can be like strength conditioning, can be anything. And I know uh, I'm kind of good at that. And I'm kind of enjoying that moment when I when I uh, share my knowledge, when I, and also when, when I see how I improve. And that was uh, uh, kind of the, is that that word like, you were happy. Like I, I feel, I feel enjoyed, enjoyable, and happy that moment when they are when they are improving. So I, I, I wasn't okay. Coach is only my, my like last step, but it's one of because I know I have that talent. So I I decide to you know to myself to get better myself on that part. 
instead of, uh, okay, uh, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I know baseball. And then I coach. Right. And, and no, no quick way to front views and front role. Uh, for doing this thing. I think anything is like, like that. It's not only you know baseball coaching. Like any business is like, it's like that. I was thinking about to do more like maybe restaurant business or a trading business. Money. Uh, more. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, trading like to, to I, I already buy, I already bought books. Even though my major is not related to business. But I was so interested in how to like you know, it's international trade. So, uh, and also maybe I can speak with different languages. Right. Uh, but I I'm interested in them. But I don't have a chance that they're in the channel, but I don't have a chance to really get into and, and learn learn those things. So, uh, so, sorry. Yeah, I, I, you know, I like, uh, I, I kind of, I feel you, man. Like, you know, as a player, when the tail end of my career started to happen, when, you know, the body started getting sore uh, and, you know, I knew I was going to make it to that uh, elite level. You know, my mind felt elite. Right. And I, I didn't want to coach. I, I mean, I still, you know, enjoyed hitting. I still enjoyed playing. But everywhere that I played in Europe or Australia or in Asia, people would go, OK, yeah, we'll sign you. But you have to coach. And kind of like I was like, ah, I got to coach. And, and, you know, that made me use my energy, my brain. And what, and almost the same as you, like I started to see what sort of impact that I had, not only on, on other players on the field, but what they would do off the field. And I, you know, it was gratifying. I I took a lot of pride in that. Like, you know, you know, it, it was cool to see these guys finish school or, you know, get married or have kids. And, you know, they, you know, they come back and tell you, Hey coach, you know, you really helped me. Uh, I thought to myself, man, that's that. I don't know. I got lucky there that I found something that I, that I kind of fell in love with uh, because you know it, it has impact. Uh, so that's kind of cool, man. That, that that you know, and you're one of the guys that I know through my travels that I really vibe with because you know you care number one about the player, not about what they execute but about the relationship you create with the player. And that's so cool to see, man. And that I'm glad you made that choice to, you know, uh, go down that coaching sort of uh, road because I can see how it's affected so many players that you come in contact with. Yeah, definitely. Man. It was like whoever had been through, used to be coaching and or during the coach, I think definitely they will understand what you're, what you're talking about and what we're talking about. That, that, that thing is kind of it's hard to uh, it's hard to it's, uh, like to bring some other stuff to you know to exchange or exchange same thing that doesn't matter the money you earn doesn't matter what uh, the some con uh, I would say uh, accomplishment that I do on maybe business side probably is not it's, it's hard to to equal equalize on um, what is that feeling right when we, when you see like players and women it's, it's, it's hard to probably buy you know anything and it's just you know it was a feeling that hard from my from okay so thanks for listening to episode one part one with joe shu we'll continue with part two next week you can find more information 
on Joe Shue on Instagram at Joe underscore baseball and on YouTube at Joe Shue, H-S-U. Reminder, if you like the episode, please leave a review. Or if you have a question, get in touch with me at BaseballNomad.com. Until the next time, don't forget to breathe, my friend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.